0: Welcome to Bench Boost Boys Season 2021 Retrospective with me, Gavin U. Scott. How are you? I'm I'm
1: good. I'll be better once we can get this show done and dusted. We can move on with our lives.
0: Move forward to Euro Fantasy. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel great about it, and I don't know if it's because for some reason I don't I'm- know the rules. Well, yeah. I don't know if it's that I'm just generally not that enthused about the European Championships, and I'm not sure why. Maybe once it starts, I'll get into it. I know we've got the whole time difference thing. I mean, we have that with the Premier League too, of course, in Australia.
1: I have this nostalgia about the Euros and, and World Cups and things like that, just going out to these bars and eating pizza and drinking coffee at absurd hours of the morning. The place I used to go to called them today they can't afford a bloody Optus licence, so they're not doing it anymore. So I'm going to have to watch the, the games at home with myself. Oh, God, that sounds awful. I'd hate to watch games Imagine you. I'm waking up at 5am to watch Italy play Turkey in the opening
0: game. I'm not going to enjoy that. I know I'm not going to. Why am I doing it? Well, my memories, and here you go, mate. I'll show I'll show my vulnerable side. You're a 96. I'd have been like 12. And my brother mocked me, and he was about four years younger than me, because I cried when Germany knocked England out on penalties, because England was a, or the already it, it was the host nation, we really got into it. No, I was a, a young lad who was obsessed with football, and uh, yeah, the whole nation was just Euros crazy. See when when and this is World Cup, so it's not Euros,
1: but when Italy knocked Australia out of the World oh, Cup yeah. after that dodgy one all draw and then subsequent penalties, Yep. I wasn't upset. I was fucking fuming. And I've never forgiven Italy. Yeah. Oh, I hate them so much. There's
0: lots of punctuated country, things like that.
1: As a people,
0: as oh, a Oh, God, th- hang on, hang on, hang on. Roll back. You can't say things like that. Oh, sorry. Um, but there's, look, football, like international football is punctuated with things like that. Do you remember, was it a World Cup qualifying match or it was a playoff or something? It was France against Ireland and Thierry Henry just. Handballed it over the line. It was great, like the, great player. Yeah, yeah, but the ball was anything to it, win. it was like it was crossing his path, so he couldn't really get a foot on it, or ch- he just ushered it in with his hand. And uh, yeah, you'd be furious. Wouldn't happen in twenty twenty. So too many cameras. Twenty twenty one. Sorry, that's the year. Yeah, that's where we are, and but we're doing a season
1: review. Yeah, where we digressed really heavily. Well, from-
0: the, the reason the reason is you know you touched on Euros... Yeah, you're right. The rules as well. Someone's told me that it's quite similar to the Champions League fantasy. I'm not that... I'm not familiar with those rules. Yeah, it, <laughs> they're weird as fuck, but we're not here to talk about those. Um, I know for some people the season might seem far away, but we thought we'd do a final retrospective of the season that just finished. Talk a lot about what we've learned, because as we've said in previous shows, this is really the first season I think either of us have taken FPL Seriously, I suppose. Yeah, seriously enough to start an entire podcast. Yeah.
1: Um, which has been wildly unsuccessful. But it's been really fun <laughs> and hoping to build on it next year. Yeah. And um, with that in mind, we'll finish the show off with uh, what's to come for the Bench Boost Boys. And yeah. we've got some exciting news, potentially about episode one, so I'll hold that off. Uh, but we should, while we're here, give a quick shout out to Stefan de Jong, who was the winner of the uh, Bench Boost Boys uh, okay. Fantasy Premier League podcast. Uh, mini league mini league yeah Yeah. um he's actually uh we asked him if he could contribute you know just something to this episode a little bit of a
0: how did you win Uh, and he's given us a couple of tips which we'll share later as well seems like a genuinely very nice guy so thank you for that stefan um at bench boost boys is us on twitter um benchboostboys.club is the website so we'll we'll start off by recapping how our teams finished up how we fared our final positions and uh We'll go on from there. So stick with us, bench press boys. It does. <laughs> Make sure you got the right button. Uh, I have pressed the wrong buttons before. Oh, um, <laughs> would you like to start then and talk about your uh, your own teams? Yeah. So I'm not review. going to go through my whole year in review because that would take,
1: you know, fifteen. 15- minutes so I'm just going to go through some of the the salient points you know at the end of the at the end of the whole season the FPL the official FPL website sends you out this nice little brief email and I thought there were some cool little things from that that I'd throw out there and maybe some learnings from these things and overall points finished on 2,291 didn't learn anything from that just learned that I could aim I my goal was 2,000 and I smashed that so aim low (laughs) <laughs> Kids in life, in life. <laughs> don't don't set the bar too high, and you will likely jump over said bar. Overall rank of four hundred k, four hundred and one k, four hundred one k. Uh look, <clears throat> I w- that's something to improve on next season. I'd love to finish higher than that, better than that. A little few weeks ago, I was talking about wanting to finish in the top one hundred k. Didn't even come close to that. But
0: well, d- some- just to interrupt really briefly, then is what is your goal next season? <laughs> Let me do that next all right, Next all right. episode. Okay. Um, I think a couple of the things that I really liked
1: reading, uh, how many transfers I made, 46 transfers all season, um, taking a total amount of hits of 48. Now, one of those points it hits that uh, springs to mind immediately is when I transferred in Aubameyang for uh, a week and two days later, he went AWOL. It turns out his mother was sick over yeah that's in, right yeah Gabon or something so yeah, yeah. I ended up transferring him out immediately and uh, I did take a learning from that uh, which I'll touch on a little bit later um, but that was a really unnecessary four point hit um, wouldn't have changed much about my overall rank or anything like that but yeah forty six transfers for forty eight points not too bad I really like this statistic too the amount of points I left on the bench. Mm. So mine was 285. The global average was 154. So I left a lot of points on the bench. What that says to me is that people are either putting shit players on their bench because they're putting a lot of good players out in their starting 11, uh, or I just really had poor team selection on the day. Yeah. So it can really only be one of a couple of things. Uh, I won't touch on too much else, but yeah, that was my
0: year in review. Okay. I feel like mine... Is like yours, but more extreme. So, uh, 2,274 points. Um, average game, it scored 6-3. All above the average, all very good. Uh, finished a, a 480k rank, which is cool. I did set the bar low. I said top mil. Um, so, yeah, I did that. I, I think I had a str- pretty strong finish to the season, which helped me so with that. So, what's that? that top,
1: top 7% of all managers? Yeah. Or?
0: Yeah, Yeah. Uh, top 6%. Top side. Um yeah. So I, I I yeah, my strong finish which showed that I did learn yeah. some stuff. Um I hope so. With points hits and transfers, mine's pretty wild. 62 transfers incurring a total hit of 116 points. Jeez. And the average yes. is 48 points. Um mm. yeah, I was bang on the average. Yeah. Uh, my bench 373 points average, 154. Now, I did always... my the whole season, I always had a very strong squad. I never went with the cheapest players to squeeze an extra good player into my first level. My entire squad was always good.
1: Yeah, so you're, like, on average, looking at around 6 mil mark for your players as opposed to mm. the occasional 4.5 million or 4 million yeah. or 3.9 million when you could get the Rian
0: Brewsters into your team. <laughs> but on top of that, at times I did also do... Some poor selections. Oh yeah, um, we're all we're all guilty of that. So there was that combo. Um, any any transfers that spring to mind for you? I know, I know, you're thinking mm, of one. Yeah, well, the worst one was Son. Was that game week four? Yeah, when he oh, was that's it, so long ago, he was injured, but then he he wasn't really injured. That was a jump in the gun. It was panicking, and well, uh, he he had that red X ex- or the orange yeah. exclamation mark up until kickoff. And then Mourinho just played him. Yeah. And he scored four goals.
1: Yeah. Absolutely devastated. What an absolute and prick. That's why he was fired. F- what, Son? No. Mourinho. Mourinho. Yeah. Uh, that's the reason. Yeah, because the board. Got- one of the board members was an FPL manager. Shut up. Nah, he wasn't. Shut up. But he
0: should have been fired. Um, prick. Or well, he was. Who I can't, who, I brought in... Oh shit! I should probably have done my research. The player I brought in came in. We've with... had two weeks to prepare for this episode. Yeah, came in and then went out the next week. Back for Son again. I reversed the transfer the next week. Oh, yeah, I I felt awful. It took me a while to get over that. So that was easily my worst transfer this season, and you did the same, right? No, I did do the same. Um,
1: wasn't well. I might have popped Son on my bench. Um, I can't remember.
0: Either way. Yeah, upsetting. Well, that was something that uh, I feel like you learned quite quickly as well, was that whole tactic of, if you're not sure if a guy who would be a starting player will play or not, put him on your team anyway because you'll get the auto-sub later. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we learn a lot of those things quite quickly. Things that even to some of some listeners. We haven't got to
1: the what have we learned section yet, Gavin. There's
0: so many learnings. Tip tip of the iceberg. But I just think that there'll be some things that even to our listeners, some of them it might be obvious. Some of them might be listening now and going, oh, I hadn't even considered that. But that will be interesting when we get to that. Um, You want to talk about your chips at all? How'd how'd those go? Nah, because I closed the email okay i i I
1: remember them not being anything to write home about triple captain kane on a really obvious game week yeah, he did okay did okay yeah. I think he got eight points yeah, yeah uh and then one point so I might have got know, yeah bench boost ugh, horrible free chip. I think my I think my best game week though did come the same game week I used my wild card
0: mm.
1: my second wild card so I used my second wild card got about hundred and fifteen points so played the second wild card quite well. Um in saying that I do regret the way I used my first wild card. I used it very
0: early. I, I didn't trust in the team that I had at the very start of the season. That in fairness, that's always tricky though, because you just you don't know. Like if you go back and look at your game week one team, you'll see that there's some players who you're like, Oh yeah, I had him most of the season and there'll be some players who you're like, oh my God, I can't believe her. I mean, people thought I think it, didn't Randy Shafter say in his poem Like Aubameyang being listed as a midfielder, everyone thought, brilliant, here's a guy who's literally been top point scorer in previous seasons, and now we get him as a midfielder, so we're going to get even more points. Aubameyang had an awful season. I I mean, like if I look at my Game Week 1 team, there's
1: really only maybe three players in that starting 11 that would have been not quite set and forget players, but... Set and forget and not be upset with how your season went. Trent Alexander-Arnold, Son Heung-min, Dominic Kelvert lewin I had a couple of players on my bench. Uh, I had one player on my bench that didn't do poorly either, and that's uh, Matthias Pereira. Um, but the rest of them, yeah, I had Aubameyang. Mm. He was captain in my first game. Seven points, oh, mate, so mate, scored had,
0: 14. So that, you know. If you had a time machine you went back... Without this knowledge, to this a very weird premise, uh, you'd pick that team every time, more or less, yes. because I bet you, before that first whistle was blown, you were probably very happy with your team. Yeah, and yeah. that wasn't, big you know, you didn't do anything wrong. It's just it's hard to know where the season goes. Like I scored m- much more points or many more points in the second half season than the first. More, uh, yeah, more points, and and part of that will be because we got to know who were the starting players, who were the form players, who were the form teams and we learned some stuff. Yeah, and you look at some of the players
1: that some of the players that you're looking at this, at the very start of the season you're thinking god, Matt Doherty signing for Spurs, great signing mm, by that mm. team. Played one hell of a season for Wolves the season before. 47 points in total for last season. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah, uh, Spurs def- defenders
0: weren't really the one in the end.
1: Yeah, a couple of other players that stand out. They'll pro- I'll probably touch on them later in
0: the things I learned this season stuff as well. Just just to touch on something you said actually about your first wild card in that FPO email. It does say that game week three was the most common game week for range uh, for managers to use their first wild card, which just shows people went. Oh my god, I picked all the wrong players and this is fucked. No, what's that? Meang doing? Uh, and then game week eighteen for the second which. Without looking it up, must have literally been one of the first weeks in the new year when you could use your second one. Yeah, people desperately wanted to shake S- up their team.
1: So a lot of FPL managers that have been playing for a long time, I know Mark McGettigan, the mm. FPL general, is one of them. Saved their first wild card for the very end of the f- of the first half of the season, so that they weren't put in that position, so mm. they could save their uh, second wild card for later on when it made more sense to use it. So probably another learning. Mm. Um, but we're we're getting ahead of ourselves because. What we learned yeah. is going to come up after our next break. After right. our next break, we're going to do the, the team of the year out. Yep. We've decided to do two teams of the year one for me, one for you because it's, it's a bit contentious. You're shit at it. Uh, and
0: uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's get to that then. Ah. Bench Boss Boys. Well, I hope we don't uh, fall out here. Let's just do it together. Let's
1: hold hands. Ugh. Goalkeeper. We've both selected Emmy Martinez. Yeah. Aston Villa. A hell of a season. Yeah, fantastic. That's about where it ends in our defence, apart from Stuart Dallas. Yeah. Definitely the defender of the season for a lot of FPL
0: managers. I mean, the very obvious elephant in the room is the fact that he basically played in midfield all season.
1: Yeah. And uh, he didn't win the uh, Premier League Defender of the Year award or anything like that, or Premier League Player of the Year award, or PFA player. He didn't win any of those awards. There's no love for Leeds. But... Uh, he had a hell of a season and he was one of those players that if you didn't have him in your FPL team every single week when you watched him you just cringed
0: at how many points he was scoring. I remember at the start of the season I went for ailing ahead of Dallas because last season like in the championship Dallas had played left back a lot but there was these question marks of who was going to be the starting left back which is also why a lot of people chose Barry Douglas. Um, and But very quickly, I switched alien for Dallas because I could just see, oh uh, yeah, this guy's not playing in defence, and he's loads of assists, loads of goals. Um, what a season! So he was almost a set and forget for you. Yeah.
1: Now my my defence looks a little bit different to yours, and you've gone with three defenders. I've gone with four, and mm. I've just gone the traditional four four two because I just couldn't really make up my mind in, in the midfield mm. options. But I've gone Ruben Diaz, Cresswell. And Matty Target. Matty Target's a bit of a controversial one, but uh I had him for a lot of the season. He played really well for Aston Villa. Uh I think he was their most consistent defender. Um yeah,
0: I just yeah. Loved him. Yeah, all of those are great. You've got Dinez well on your on your bench. Um yeah, Diaz Creswell on Target, like Creswell, he's I listened to my bench, but he was. I think i do you know, what? I might I'm a, I'm I, I find it strange you didn't put him in your team of the year, apart from on your bench. Uh, I yeah. Well, I mean, for me, it was just filling out that squad. But you know, I don't matter. It doesn't matter either way. But actually, on that note, I'm pretty sure I had Creswell for more or less every game. There might have been a couple of weeks early in the season that I didn't have him, but otherwise, Creswell was in my squad for more or less the entire season, and that worked out very well. Um, Chillwell, I know uh, things cooled down a little bit when Tuchel took over at Chelsea, but particularly that first half of the season. Hard to ignore Chilwell's great season, yeah. Yeah. um, Dallas, like we've already touched on. Alexander-Arnold, which is a a strange one because Liverpool themselves didn't have, well, it certainly wasn't like the season before. They came to life towards the end, um, but in spite of that, I feel like Salah and Trent were the two Liverpool uh, Liverpool players who still did well in spite of Liverpool's
1: patchy form. Trent wound up on quite a lot of points. Yeah. the reason he didn't make my team is because I felt like he, for his price, mm. wasn't offering enough in at the start of the season. Um, yeah, it you know, he great. came good towards the end. But for his price, you know, to pop him in, you know you had to time it well. yeah, and by the time by the time he was performing,
0: it was really hard to get him in my team I I I, I, g- I I could call it judgment, but I think I got lucky. I jumped on him just as Liverpool's form came back in that last quarter of the season. I had him at the very start of the season when he was playing poorly,
1: yes, got rid of him, same. didn't regret it for about 15 weeks and then he just started performing and by then it was far too late. My money was tied up elsewhere. Well, I think,
0: so. I think a lot of FPL managers thought that Robertson and Trent or one of them were going to be set and forget players for the entire season. Well, Robertson ended up scoring more points than Trent overall for yeah, the season. That's it's
1: crazy. Right, moving on to midfield. Uh, we've got a few players that are the same we'll start off with those guys Bruno Fernandes obvious choice uh, top, top point goal. scorer yeah, top yeah. point scorer uh, Mo Salah you know second highest goal scorer in the Premier League um, huge amount of points in Premier League uh, in the Fantasy Premier League and Son Heung Min absolute phenomenon at the start of the season for mm. the first half of the season he and Harry Kane were just banging in goals and assists left right and centre have to you know he, he finished off the season a little bit slowly but yeah.
0: Not poorly. No, well, his form was patchy, but when he did perform, he, he wasn't the sort of guy who just get one assist every week. He might have a bunch of two-pointer weeks and then suddenly get two assists and a goal. Yeah.
1: From there, it does get a bit different. Like I said, I've only got four players in my midfield, so I'll finish off. I've got uh, Suchek. Mm. FPL managers loved him for the yep. for the first half of the season and uh, I loved him too. I did get rid of him eventually bought in Lingard for him. Um, straight swap there. I think I had doubled up on the West Ham midfielders for a little while, yep. uh, maybe one week, and then I got rid of Suchek for, and I preferred Lingard in the second half of the season, which was a good move in the end. Um, but I just want to acknowledge
0: the the epic start of the season that Suchek had. Absolutely. And we've both got um, Gundogan on our bench. Uh, again. Yeah. He, when, he was an FPL manager favorite. Well, when KDB was out for quite a bit, that guy came to life and suddenly he was a number 10. Yeah. There were like 10, 10 games in a row where he was just scoring or getting an assist. Yeah. He was like king of the game week a whole bunch of times. It, that was just such a purple patch for him. Um, I did stick Lingard in mine. Um, one of the reasons I did that, I, I am obviously aware that he literally only played the second half of the season, but I just thought he had such a, a big impact. Um, it's hard and I know it's more it's that recency thing you know the stuff that happened in the, more recently sticks in your mind but uh, I just think he was quite a good story for the season um and obviously, Suchek's output did slow a little once Lingard arrived. But um, and then I also went for Harvey Barnes as well. And again, I know he got injured, and Leicester's season kind of changed because of that. And Ian Acho came to the fore, and uh, Brendan Rodgers completely changed his formation, and that paid off spectacularly for them. But I really, but they ended up missing out, you know, on, on championship uh, in the league, end. Right well, the end. In, in, in NBA, in American terms, they uh, they weren't clutch.
1: Yeah, you gotta gotta wonder. Two players in that team got injured at the same time: James Madison and
0: Harvey Barnes. Oh, do you remember the conversations we would have mid mid season? No, it- but I can listen to them all on Spotify. <laughs> Where we would it was quite often a question of Madison or Barnes. It's like that meme with Pam from the Office. It's the same picture. Um, Though both Madison and Barnes were having a phenomenal season, they both got injured. Yeah, and and you gotta wonder if if only one of them got injured and gave you yeah. know
1: the opportunity to come into the team, how would the season have finished? But I thought Harvey
0: Barnes was amazing this season,
1: and I thought James Madison was too. Yeah, I not taking anything away from Harvey Barnes; think he mm-hmm. was great as well. I, I think I had both of them at one point. I think I doubled down on the Barnes Madison combo there. Lastly, we'll finish with strikers. Now we both have the exact same two, and the, you can't argue with this. No. Harry Kane, Golden Boot also got the most assists of the entire Premier League. Uh and we both had Bamford, you know, for yep. that budget five five million or five point five million know, dollar pick. M-
0: my my brother had him in his team from game week one. Yeah. And he backed him. And uh my my brother and my dad were giving me shit because I was saying pre season, you know, as a Leeds fan, that I wasn't confident in Bamford. Because he'd been patchy at best in the championship in that season before. Um, The kind of guy who needs five chances to actually take a chance. Um, And I wasn't convinced. And he proved everyone wrong.
1: Yeah. But now we can say in Bamford we trust. You know, he he had a great season. And uh, special mention to Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins, yeah. Aston
0: Villa. We both have him on the bench. He had a great season for Aston Villa. I'd have loved to have seen Watkins go to Leeds. Obviously, in hindsight... He also only plays one striker, so it might have affected Bamford's position there. But Watkins is really good. Highlight of the
1: season for Watkins would have had to have been
0: his hat trick against Liverpool in oh, that seven-nil win.
1: Um I should mention too, we both had Melier on the on the bench as our goalkeeper
0: Yeah, goalkeeper. and he was shortlisted for like um one of those Premier League awards for uh, like the one of the young player of the year. I don't he didn't win it, but um he did get shortlisted. and Melier had a, a good standout season. He, he such a young keeper. Um. Yeah, so yeah. one to look out for. So there um, you go. Well, one little kind of uh, honourable mention then. Neither of us have got in here KDB.
1: Yeah, look.
0: I didn't I, have him in my team once I, a season. I, 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 you you know, did. If you, Yeah,
1: I did. If you had have asked me who, if I was going to give one honourable mention to, it wouldn't have even been KDB. It, yeah. It would have been Jack Grealish.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. 100% and I nearly put Grealish in mine. Grealish, uh, obviously... Towards the end of the season, he had that weird short-term, long-term leg injury situation, mm. which apparently, by the way, he's still having to put ice on after training sessions in these England games. But that's another story. Um, yeah, KDB though, what what's a strange one price point, injured for a bit. Yeah, just not the output for someone that has yeah that kind of price on them. And of course, Aubameyang, that you know that story speaks. For <laughs> <something>. Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's when he said it about me, vomited everywhere. Um, all right, well, oh. let's take a cheeky little break and then uh, we'll come back and we'll have a chat about uh, what we learned and some of the, the key points over the season. Cool.
0: French ah. Pulse Boys. Okay, and we're back. Um, Scott, would you like to start this section then with Stefan de Jong's Tips. yeah. So we, we did reach out, um, seven to join one hour,
1: uh, mini league. The Le bench, but he also, but he also, but he also he finished with an overall um rank of around 3,000. Phenomenal, it was effort. insane, yeah. So he'd be
0: easy top one percent of managers, top, top point zero. I, I remember when he joined our mini league and we checked it and suddenly there was this guy with like 400 more points than us or something yeah. like oh my god so he, he's uh we
1: reached out and said well, you know, what are your tips you know first one have fun and try to avoid hits now having fun that's a decent tip but sometimes and Randy Shafter will, will back <laughs> me up on this I'm sure sometimes it's impossible to have fun
0: no I uh, uh, and you do see on Twitter a lot of people get very stressed out I mean Randy I hope is well and I hope his mental health is okay and I view his tweets very much as entertainment but there are lots of people who get very stressed out by it and I was here you know you mentioned him earlier but Mark McGettigan FPL General on his podcast if you listen to that he will regularly say to people don't get too worked up go and have a breather Forget it, like yeah, especially step back from the game for it. especially yeah. if there's like an international break, he's like, just go and forget about it, take a break from FPL because it can really wind you up. I actually I've read a lot of people on Twitter, you know FPL
1: managers on Twitter. It's 50-50, those who are participating in Euro and those who aren't. Now, I have an itch to scratch, and that is me participating in this stuff. Mm. But there are a lot of people going, you know what? I need this break yep. from FPL, and that makes sense. Totally get it. So, yeah, uh, Stephen de Jong, actually, pretty good advice. Just have fun with it. Don't, uh, don't, don't take it, take too, it seriously, too seriously. Yeah. Uh, try to avoid hits. That's another one. I think, we'll, I think just looking at our points on our run sheet, which we've mm. prepared well in advance, um, we're both going to probably touch on that as well. Massive. Yeah. Um, but he had a really great... Very specific tip, yeah. and I'll read it out. Uh, when when there are weeks where you have multiple good captaincy options, um, use those weeks to do something different. And a great example was game week 37. There were three good options, Harry Kane, Bruno Fernandes, and Mo Salah. Each of those players had really easy fixtures. So it was obvious that the majority of players were going to pick one of those three players. Well, you're never going to get... More points than anyone else. If you
0: do that, so it's a uh, you know, for want of a better term, a safer time to take a slight gamble on a differential.
1: Because if you look at that even split, it's thirty three percent of managers are going to pick one or you know Bruno Kane or or Mm. Salah. You got nothing to lose by picking. Patrick Bamford. Yeah, yeah. You know, in a, in a game where it might not be the
0: most attractive fixture, but he's performed consistently and there's a chance. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you imagine a game where Bamford scores two goals and gets some bonus points and you're one of 10% of managers who captained him. That's pretty nice return, isn't you're it? Less than 10% when you think about it. With you those know, other options. Do you remember that game? I think it
1: was Patrick Bamford. Leeds were playing Arsenal.
0: Mm. Bamford
1: scored, what, two, two or three goals?
0: Yeah, yeah. How many people picked him as captain in that I can tell you, it wouldn't have been many. That, and that's actually one... Uh, here's a learning for you, you and I, or specifically me, I'll speak for myself. Um, how many times, particularly early in the season, would we come onto the podcast and I'd talk about, in hindsight, I should have done this. Whereas I think, really, here's a tip for managers. Rather than beat yourself up for having not captain Bamford against Arsenal, m- maybe it's more... But why did that happen? Or why would I have made that decision? Because again, to use my analogy from earlier with the time machine, you probably still wouldn't have done that. So the learning, rather than beat yourself up about a poor decision or what you should have done in hindsight, because effectively, this is kind of like gambling um, and you're using your best judgment. Well, maybe focus a bit more on trying to improve that judgment. I think um, uh, Stefan's uh, tip there about
1: picking a different differential captain when mm. there are great options flies a little bit in the face of one of my points that I'm about to get to but uh, also kind of ties in with it uh, so I'll, I might just read through my yeah, sure. five points you can then read through your five points let's just compare our points our tips, let's just touch the tips we we'll doc. Okay. Uh, so number one for me was patience with your transfers in two ways, for me the Miang transfer I talked about earlier where I transferred him out at the start of the game week and then I got the news with five days to spare that Oh, Aubameyang's not even going to be playing next week uh, really highlighted to me that why am I making transfers at the start of the week? Why don't I wait until closer to the deadline? Well, to interject,
0: and I remember early on when you were doing that, your reason, and correct me if I'm wrong, often was... The threat of price changes. Yeah,
1: but at the end of the day... At, at the end of the season, I should say, I finished with 1.3
0: mil in the bank. Do you know what? My, my whole squad value was like over 107 at the end of the season. Yeah, mine, mine was mine was high.
1: Mine was around 106,
0: as well. Yeah.
1: But I finished with a lot of money in the bank. It wasn't yeah. in the players. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. at the end of the day, chasing that, that money, it did nothing for I, me.
0: I felt that fear though earlier in the season and we joked about it when you were desperately trying to then get someone like Mo Salah back in the team and you were 100 grand short. Yeah. So I feel like this is a good tip because we panicked Mm. so we
1: panicked over that stuff a lot yeah but at the end of the day a player that gets injured during training midweek or goes missing Mm. or goes able or contracts COVID midweek oh shit yeah uh you're not going to make any money off that person and all of a sudden you bring that, that person in and their value starts to drop because they, people know, they start to hear about that news and all of a sudden you're transferring them out but you're now taking a points hit and yeah. you haven't made any money at all. There's no point to it. True. And the other thing about that patience thing for me is look at the fixtures, look at the form and and look at it and go, do I really need to make a transfer? Don't be afraid to roll. I did not yeah. roll a single transfer in the first half of the season. Same, I know that same. for a fact. And I know that I rolled at least three at the back end. And I just felt so much freedom having rolled my transfers, just thinking I can do anything I
0: want here. Would you know what really kind of hit home something along those lines for me was the other week towards the end of the season when we talked about I made, I wanted to make a particular transfer. It might have been a goalkeeper I was suggesting. And you were talking about the net points, i.e., would it, it wouldn't have made enough of a difference in hindsight. All I did was use a transfer. You know, when you talk about where it landed you net, i.e. taking a four-point hit, that player scoring two points versus the player you transferred out getting two points as well. Or, you know, even if the guy got four points, it still wasn't worth doing net. Mm. So that probably plays into that. So thinking about, do you genuinely believe that that transfer that you're going to take a hit on I'm kind of moving somewhere else with this bit now, but is it going to net you out a high score in the end? Yeah, and and whilst you don't know for sure, using your experience and some knowledge, you you can likely um, draw your own conclusions. But patience, I think, if a, yeah, first half of the season particularly, and for a lot of the season, I think if I'd have been more patient with that stuff, my judgment would have been better. Yeah,
1: uh, I'll move on to my second point, and then I'll let you jump in because yeah. I know it's one of your points as well. Captaincy is key. Mm. Now, your captaincy points, if you look at them over the course of a season, will make a huge difference to where you sit on your mini leagues, where you sit in your overall rank. For me, I've just made one extra note here. Play it safe if you have to. If everyone is picking Mo Salah because Liverpool are playing Brighton at home and all the other options are pretty shit options, play it safe. Yep. Got no reason not to pick Salah. Yeah, you might want to chase the differential, and yeah, it might pay off, but a lot of the times it won't. It's just like gambling. You know, at the end of the day, there's a reason why there are favourites for those sorts of things. Yeah. And like Stefan De Jong just mentioned, if there are three favourites,
0: that's when you should be really looking at those differentials. Yeah, I can say with a degree of confidence that towards the end of the season, a month's worth of good solid captain picks jump me. From one millionth to top 500,000, which is something I didn't think was actually possible. I had actually suggested around the midpoint way through the season that the higher we got in the ranks, that the slower the progress would be. But actually, doing some of these things consistently, i.e. good captain's picks, rolling transfers, not making rash decisions, not taking points hits, I shot up quite quickly. Yeah, and so you've got captaincy picks there as well. Did you have any other notes to add to that? Um, the only thing I would say is that, and this is, I'm sure there are figures to back it, but slightly more anecdotal, and I see this spoken about on Twitter a lot, in the FPL community, typically speaking, is not a lot of cause to choose a defender as a captain pick. Certainly never really paid off for me throughout the season. I think I captained Trent one week, um, Uh, Yeah, I I would back up what you you said that in most of those weeks where there's one obvious captain pick um, you should roll with it yeah it changes a little bit once you get towards the end of the season and maybe you're looking for lots of areas to find differentials because you're trying to catch people in mini leagues but most of the time and if nothing else like you said because of what it means when you compound all those captains picks you're doubling the points Mm. it's not like the difference between Barnes and Madison and you get one point Either way, it's doubling all the time. So yeah, over a course of 38 rounds, um, that's a huge difference. And I've seen some stats doing the rounds online that literally show that the managers, the higher up the rankings you go, the better the captain's picks were, or the more points they got from the captain's picks. Mm. Um, So yeah, um, outside of those weeks where there's a few solid options, it doesn't pay off to try and be cocky. Right. I did it. Yeah. I did it for about four weeks in this kind of one that's third. That's when I the way. jumped over you. Yeah, one third the way through the season, I started <coughs> scattergun style picking. You know, Rich Richarlison here or someone here, thinking that I was going to get the jump on people, and it never paid off.
1: Yeah. Uh, my next tip was uh, patience with your chips. Oh, There's lots of patience here, uh, yeah. and it was about. Uh, The wild card. Now, the wild card, I played it in game week three or four. It is and likely will always be uh, the most valuable chip. Mm. Free hits, great. Bench boost, great. Triple captain, great. But you can fuck those up. The only way you can fuck up a wild card is if you pull the trigger too early and you don't believe in your transfers and you don't start to utilize your free transfers each week. If I could go back in time, I would not have done that first wildcard. I would have been patient. I would have been more uh, careful about the team selection in building out a better team, but pulling the trigger on that wildcard so early really limited my ability to do a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, Proactive planning towards the end of the first half of the season, yeah, uh, and hamstrung you a little bit, yeah. And then I had I was forced to use my second wild card. Now that second wild card paid off, uh, but I would have been better off using my first wild card at the end of the season, just like Mark McGidigan and all of the all the pros and then holding on to that second wild card for when I was up shits creep without a paddle like everyone else when there were only f- you know, six teams playing or, mm-hmm. or, or, or ten teams playing because, you know, half the games were bloody cancelled or postponed because of different fixtures for other cup cup games.
0: Yeah. Well I, I mean I think the the fact that the average week for the first wild card was game week three goes to show that you know, the the rug was pulled under a lot of people because you didn't know where the land lied, who was gonna play, who was in form. But also goes to show that it's a if you if you're not that well planned with it, if you haven't got a strategy, um, or you're not following lots of these tips from from the likes of Stefan and Mark, um, it's a quick way to fix fuck ups. Mm. Um and yeah, I did mine in like Game Week five. Um but yeah, you're, you're right. Patience on that probably would pay off. And not just patience, but just the strategy around it, trying to look at the, the season, um, remembering what you did in the seasons before and, and seeing where it works. Because my second wild card, I used it in game week 31. And that was fantastic. That that really worked well for me. Gave, and that was what gave medium just to have that strong finish to the season. Cause I, that's when I played it, game week 31. Yeah. I mean,.
1: You did have a really strong finish this season. Uh, my my, last, my uh, second last point, um, you know, I'll go to my last point because we both share it, and that's okay. the limit your points hits. Oh fuck! It's an obvious one. Yeah, you know, I I was I was at the average, and I still felt like I was probably taking too many. You know, I took forty eight points hits over the course of the season. That forty eight points difference probably would have put me in the easy 350,000 mm. top. Goal scorers or top point scorers of the. Yeah. And it's easy to say that if I had an extra 50 points or 48 points or whatever it was, I do have to look at how they netted out in terms of what I did with those actual point sits. That's fair. But I'm thinking more about those really stupid points hits I took. There are some weeks where I was forced to take points hits just to field a full 11. I don't regret those ones.
0: I do regret the early transfers. Well, even, I mean, yeah, outside of actually going back and working it out, which as much as it'd be very painful, um, would still be interesting. I think you could probably safely just divide the number in half and still go, yeah, I'd have got that. I mean, mine was 370 odd. So I could confidently say I'd have got a, whatever 150 points more. Hmm. Um for me I think I I needed this season to do that to get that stuff out of my system because at the time I mean I pretty much took a minus 4 most weeks. Do you want me to be your sponsor next season? Like <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. if you
1: come to me and you're having a craving or an itch to do a transfer or, or yeah. take a massive points I'm like Scott I'm going to click the button. No no no. Um no. here's a 30 here's a 30 day chip you haven't taken a tra- <laughs>
0: transfer. I think no but I think I'll be good now. Oh, I'll be good. Um, because yeah, I, I thought it was quite normal. I thought it was fine to take minus four every week mm. and some weeks minus eight. I think once I might have taken a minus twelve. Yeah, you did, you yeah. crazy motherfucker. And and but it's that stuff when it's in when it's piecemeal and it's only a few points, especially when the actual FPL website, when you're looking at your points. Yeah, it says it there in tiny text, but it doesn't show you your net point score. So you feel quite good about your weekly score. If you go onto other websites that will generate the stats for you, like fplgameweek.com and and others, they'll show you your net score. And that's a lot more sobering because... Ben, some kind, sometimes uh, bench boost boy, he, uh, for the final game week, he took 12. And then when he saw on that website what it meant for his net points, because it's just there in black and white on the screen, yeah, he was like, oh shit, that really affected my total points for that game week and my game week rank. Um, but yes, anyway, my point being, I think I've got it out of my system and now I can appreciate that, uh, yeah, that wasn't a wise thing to do. No. All
1: right. My last point... Uh- do your research. Um, differentials don't always mean better. Uh, it is important, you know. There is a there is a saying in the FPL Twitter community around template. Um, template isn't necessarily a bad thing. There is a reason why a lot of FPL mm. managers, successful FPL managers, will rely on most seller game week. Uh, you know, week in week out, they'll all have Harry Kane week in week out. Because you're not going to – your differentials are differentials for a reason. If they if they start scoring a lot of points consistently, they stop being differentials because all of a sudden yeah. people will jump on them. There's a reason they are differentials. They're not going to score points as consistently as no. some players.
0: For me, uh, a kind of good differential, typically speaking, is someone you've managed to kind of like worm in as one of your – cheaper guys either the bench or maybe like your fourth midfielder who you've studied and gone hey look Matthias Pereira look he's doing really great for West Brom and he, he'll he be great as my fourth midfielder it's not about going oh I'm not going to have Bruno Fernandes like everyone else I'm going to bring in James Rodriguez because I think I did that a couple of times in the middle of the season and again never paid off because what happened is James Rodriguez didn't do anything and then everyone else who did have Salah or Fernandez, whoever I'd got rid of, Son at that time, they were in a position where they got bloody 20 points. Oh, there's my wine glass. Thank you. you. Um, They got 20-odd points and I got two. So every time I did that, I was down. Oh, that's the good stuff. I was down by 12 points versus what they got, or, or more, sometimes 18 points. So, oh, yes. Yeah, sorry, sorry listen. <laughs> fill up Gavin's wine. He's, he looks over as a judge. Fill my goblet. Um, yeah, so don't. I, I, I would say that I wouldn't do that again. Um, don't try and be cocky like that. Don't think you've just discovered the new Lionel Messi. It just doesn't work like that in FPL.
1: Now, talk me through your last three points. You also had points, hits, and captaincy picks. Mm. Um Focus on fixtures. Um, was it that Oxford dweeb that won it last yeah. season? We talked about that. I mean, no, sorry, dweeb. That's that's not fair. <laughs> he was a huge fucking
0: nerd. But he won FPL, so he was a god. So yeah, a, I mean, that's, that's strategy to the extreme, isn't it? But... um yeah, I feel like not a lot of people, not enough people, do that, and I've been guilty of that a little bit. Probably more in the first half of the season. You're talking about focusing on fixture over form. Yeah, I mean, and, and the sweet spot, of course, almost goes without saying, is fixture and form. But yeah, oh, if you've yeah. got if if you-, you can if you can hit that, oh yeah, just <laughs> tell me about it. Oh,
1: you're playing Bruno Fernandez and he's just scored three goals. Oh, and they're playing Brighton. Oh. I mean, take. Take what, someone- why don't I keep referencing Brighton as being the worst team? They, had a ba- they didn't have a bad
0: season. No, Brighton ben White just made the Euro squad. Yeah, he did. Well done. Good on him. Uh, yeah, I like Brighton. Trossard's playing for f- fucking Belgium. Yeah, it's all happening. Go ahead. It's all happening. Um, take someone like Crystal Palace at times where they might have... If they had a period of uh, three easy-ish games... I mean, you can use uh, dif- fixture difficulty rating if you like... Um, now having Zaha in your team versus, say, having I don't know, like a, a Mason Mount or a, a, like a player from a top team who's got three tough fixtures coming up, yeah, you might take the gamble there on on Zaha. He's
1: such a thirst
0: trap. <laughs> I know, I know. This is just one example, um, but it's uh, you know. Yeah, it's just one example because, you know, we also have to consider the other tips along the lines of trying not to force differentials. But I'm just saying that when you look at certain fixtures or to look at it another way, maybe you've got a guy in your team who's got four tough fixtures in a row coming up and he's £10 million. Maybe it's Jamie Vardy and Leicester have got some tough bloody fixtures. Well, then that might be the time to switch him out. Yeah. Four games is a long time. Three games is a long time. Um, so, yeah, planning a little bit more on looking at the fixtures and the fixture difficulty rating. I mock it sometimes, but it's a useful tool. You've also just started touching on your next point, which is to plan ahead. Mm, I definitely yeah. didn't do that enough.
1: We need to give a really quick shout-out to Ben Krellen. Uh, oh, hell yeah. Follow him on Twitter, if you if you don't already, uh, at Ben Ben Krellin, I assume. <laughs> just just Google search Ben Krellin just Twitter. look him up. You'll find him. Um, you know, he provides a pretty clear... Uh, you know, it, it's it, you look at a spreadsheet and you think, oh God, that's complicated. He actually makes it uh, quite easy to read uh, in terms of where there will be potential double, triple game weeks, things yeah. like that. Blank where, like he works
0: out logically where the FA or the Premier League are likely to slot in yeah. games that have been postponed or moved. Makes it easy for us speds that don't want to pay attention to that sort of stuff. Yeah, so use those resources and, and he He's already come out and suggested when Manchester uh, Manchester City's games or no Chelsea was it Chelsea sorry Chelsea it's Chelsea they won the they won the Champions League he's already saying that when uh-huh. yeah got there in the end they're going to be in the World Club Championship which happens around December January time so they will have postponed fixtures from then and he's already worked out logically when those will be slotted in again. He's either an absolute savant or a soci- sociopath. I think both. Yeah. In a good way, yeah, then. we love course. you. Um, but yes, planning. I, I, I've definitely been guilty this season of planning one week ahead, sometimes two. Particularly if I, I know thought this the point of weeks. our podcast was that we could give people, particularly our friends oh, and, and co-workers. I'm, well, I'm pretty good at giving advice. I'm not necessarily good at taking my own. Yeah, fair. I, enough. I would say for sure. That you, like, especially when you were super into your spreadsheet, you were super into planning two, three, four game weeks ahead. I think there's something to be said for doing that. For me, sometimes it was just I had a lot on my plate. T- I, I tell didn't want It's a lot of time. Something that I've learned from Stefan de Jong is,
1: he, I mean, he said nothing about spreadsheets, but that spreadsheet, I loved it. We had a good time together, but at the end of the day, you can plan as much as you want, but you can't plan for injuries. You can't plan for any of that No, of stuff,
0: so. but that's why it has to be a, a, a loose framework. If you try and make it too precise, you're in. You're, you're setting yourself up for a problem. That, that's why I, I'm i happy to outsource that responsibility to Ben <laughs> Krellin. But, but yeah, that, that planning, though, do it, because I'll tell you the main reason why, um, put that effort in, because sometimes that's your gateway. Again, going back to the other point about focus on fixtures – you should look ahead so then you can find out when some of your expensive guys or, or whoever are about to hit a series of very hard fixtures. Don't leave it until the night before the first hard fixture because now you're going to spend 8-12 points trying to get De Bruyne or Salah back in your team. And the other the other thing too is uh, the blanks,
1: the blank game weeks and the double game weeks. Keep an eye out for those.
0: Yeah, what that's what it will save you though. It will save you points.
1: Yeah. So... Your last one, don't be scared to bench an important player for a week rather than transfer him out. Is yep. this
0: is this on? Uh, yeah, good example. But I think, yeah, this definitely touches on what we spoke about before about that fear when, at the start of the season being very reactive. Like if someone uh, – we learned very bloody quickly that if the FPL website says someone's 75% chance to play, well, they're playing. Very rare was it that a guy on 75% didn't end up playing. Um, so don't panic. But I definitely did that at the start of the season. I'd have a, uh, an expensive asset in my team at 75% to play, and I'd transfer him out immediately because I had the fear about the price drop, the fear about, like, are they going to play? Stop touching your mic. GIF's <laughs> oh, getting a bit un- animated. I can see that. Um, <laughs> For those playing at home, yeah, yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. flailing his arms wild, like it's a just, wacky way of being flailing He's just kicked home, the man. photocopier. Um, yeah, so... Rather, I mean, yeah, Sons are the obvious example, but I I had it with other players and I followed this later in the season where it was like, oh oh yeah, blank game week. So Manchester United aren't playing this week. Should I transfer out Bruno Fernandes? Well, maybe if there is an expensive asset who at the same time had a double game week. Yeah, maybe. But if it wasn't that obvious and it was going to take me maybe points hits to make it work, Well, actually, maybe there's more value in just letting Bruno Fernandes sit on the bench for one week. And the irony for me personally is, as I said at the top of the show, I had a very strong squad for the whole season. So it's not like I was, you know, the only options on my bench are people who just will never play or who've already left their club. Someone's going to be able to step in. So, yes, don't rush to get rid of someone because they're out injured or suspended or are on a blank game week. Yeah, if they're expensive and they're going to miss three games or something, go for it. Yeah. And but save it, roll a transfer. And on top of on top of that,
1: you know, if they're injured, if they're not playing, that's, that's fine. Bench them, whatever. Have a solid bench. If they're injured, pop them in your starting 11. And if they actually aren't going to play, rely on your first sub. Make sure you know what your first, second, third
0: sub look like oh 100% yeah. oh um, that's something else we learned <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah uh, and and yeah the, the other one where yeah just make put them in the pitch anyway and let them auto sub out because you just never know because if we had done that with Son would have been a different story do you know what would also be quite again a quite laborious thing but would be interesting it's next season if you run two versions of your team start with exactly the same team and every time you go to make a decision and you think oh that guy's injured should I transfer him out have a a cautious version of your team like the serious one and the one where you're like I don't care we're not doing it you're not that, doing no, it we're not doing but I'm it. just saying theoretically I mean I know what the result would be well, in, in theory communism works come on <laughs> no but all I'm saying is like you know how that would end if you follow every one of these tips it, if you follow these things that might seem a little wishy-washy or or you don't see the value every single one of these is going to save you points yeah because I don't think people understand that strongly enough that you lose points. Like, you know you're taking a four-point hit here and there, but over 38 games?
1: Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. We'll uh, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back for a, a nice little let's tie the bow on this episode, move on with our fucking lives. And talk about what we're going to do next season a little bit. No, we'll talk about what's coming up next season yeah. in terms of uh, – now, when we're going to probably start recording again and all that crap and, and, and stuff, just give us a second to talk about it. Press the button. Press,
0: wait, press the button. Bench Boost Boys. Bench Boost Boys. Okay. Um. So that was the FPL 2021 retrospective. Of course, football never stops. So we'll be back next season, right?
1: We will. Uh, we're going to do a preseason. I guess a preseason review, tips, all that sort of shit. Probably talk a little bit about the the new teams coming in. I, I think they call it a preview. Yeah, preview. That'll do. That's mm. a really concise way to say it. Uh, so that'll be a couple of weeks out from the from the first game of the season. So look out for that. We're actually really excited. I think. Uh, well, there's. There's chat. We haven't spoken to his agent yet. Well, we've spoken directly (laughs) to him. Uh, His name is uh, Matt. Uh, You might know him as FPL Obsessed. He's the author of the book uh, FPL Obsessed. (laughs) Basically, uh, I'm going to order it just while between now and the next episode. I'm going to order it, read it. He's going to come on the episode, uh, the first episode of the season next season. uh, Just to give us some of his tips for the season, Uh, try and basically do one of those uh, TLDR versions of his book hmm. for the pod. Um, it'd be great to have him on and just get some of his tips. He finished quite highly last season. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah, and published author. God, he's like a famous person. Huh. Uh, yeah. So his best overall rank was two thousand four hundred once. God, that's that's yeah That's pretty good. He can give. He can teach us some stuff. I hope so. Um, but yeah. Obviously, next season we're going to have uh, uh, three new teams in the Premier League. Uh, we'll have to get to know a few of their players coming in. Uh, Norwich has won. Brentford, God, they had a good good season. They had a one of the highest, uh, the highest goal scorer in English uh, league football history, Ivan Twomey, for something like that. Some 30-odd goals
0: in one season. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see Brentford get in the Premier League. That would be good. And then another team whose name I can't remember. <laughs> Wasn't it like, was it Watford? Oh, really? Was it? Again? Oh. <laughs> yo yo teams, way. mate. Um, yeah, so as you said, we'll, we'll do a little preview show and then it will be game week one forecast. Yeah. The forecast. God, I'm looking forward to that.
1: Yeah. How crap our teams will be again. I know. I know. We didn't do that last season on the pod because we, we decided to start the pod about six episodes yeah, in. Yeah, six, week, six weeks ga- game in. Game week so. six, yeah. All right. Well, listeners, like I said, uh, We'll be doing Euro Fantasy. We'll post a link to our our league on we'll tweet Twitter about it. But I don't have it in here in front of me. It's uh, on a different website. It's not. It's not FPL. It's not FPL. There's no. It? There's no huge cash prize like there will be next season. Uh, um, it's just
0: for fun. But thanks for listening. We'll catch up with you next season. And uh, at Bench Boost Boys is the Twitter. So send in some questions for us, um, especially for our esteemed guest. Uh, oh yeah for Matt send questions in for Matt he's an expert yeah at Bench Boost Boys and we'll catch you in a, in a few weeks goodbye now